Homeline. Homeline. <laughs> well, that's the start. Germaline. Minnie's uh, Maybelline. Because <laughs> I'm worth it. Um, it's not even that, is it? <laughs> just let your soul glow. <laughs> we just go down. Anyway, yeah, fuck it. Now we're going to be for hours. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to Darren and Matt's 80s adventure. Mm. Christmas Eve, Darren and Matt's Ooh, 80s adventure. Yeah. Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. There's no need to be afraid. <laughs> Episode 95. And my, my name is Matt. And my name is Darren. This week, we are decade breaching and looking at Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, well, it's only a slight decade breach. Yeah, slightly. Slightly. Not like last week. <laughs> Which was a complete decade <laughs> breach. But no, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I'm, I, it, look, it was probably fi- part of it filmed in the 80s, mm-hmm. written in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck, I don't care. Yeah. Wrote the theme tune, sang the theme tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. And as we've already said, we've run out of 80s Christmas films, so apart from Prancer. So, fuck that. <laughs> We might have to next year. I, do you know what? I think we have to do Prancer okay. next year. What was year. the Dolly Parton one? Uh, Smoky Mountain <laughs> Christmas. Smoky Mountain Christmas. I yeah. cannot wait to do that one. Mm, well, you can have to. 12 months. 11 months. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, good week? Yeah, it's been a very, very good week. A very busy week. Obviously, leading up to Christmas, a lot of shows mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, good. So... So yeah, so, so that's shows and shows, shows and shows, and the the rest bite has been watching Home Alone. Nice. So, nice. what about yourself, my friend? Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, rehearsals at the start of the week, uh, and then performances for the end of the week. So yeah, I'm fucking knackered. I don't know about you. <laughs> we're we're already planning holidays for next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's that time of year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But happy mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, folks. Yeah. And to you, my friend. Yeah. Happy Christmas Eve. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. Well, you know, when this episode goes out, we'll yeah. be... Well, we'll, I'm working. You're working. I am. Yeah. And then we're going to have a beer. Uh, a beer or two. And if you listen to this on Christmas Day, then happy Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Hope you got everything you wanted. Hope your turkey wasn't too dry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like a euphemism. Isn't it? I hope your giblets were lovely and warm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, sh- should we, um, actually, this is a first. Do you have any facts from 1990 for us? Indeed I do. Mm. <laughs> right, so yes, Home Alone came out in 1990. Uh, so the premiere was earlier, but I- I've gone from the actual release date of the film. Mm-hmm. So in the States, at number five was Ghost. <laughs> I know. I saw that film. Uh, my, my dad won a competition uh, for Plymouth Sound. Right. And I went with my friend, my best friend at the time. And we went to watch Ghost. And in the film Ghost, spoilers, uh, he essentially gets killed by his best friend. Oh, don't fucking ruin it for me. Right. So, so I'm there watching it with my best mate. We drifted apart very soon after that film. Anyway. Did you ever make pottery or anything with it? No. no. <laughs> I saved that for you. Oh. At number four, Rescuers Down Under, which actually I found out does have a connection to this film. Does it? I believe so. I believe the original composer of Home Alone mm-hmm. left 
and to do rescues down oh, under. Okay, because yeah. I remember the original rescues film. I remember rescues down under coming coming out. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I realised it was 1990 though. Yeah. Oh, okay. At number three, Child's Play two. Oh yeah. Is that yeah. sad? The only Child's Play film we get to do is uh, the first yeah. one. And if you haven't listened to that, uh, have a look look through our list and have a listen. Yeah. Darn tootin'. Darn tootin'. <laughs> number two, arguably, not arguably, the worst Rocky film of all time, Rocky V. <laughs> Is it not good then? Oh, it's terrible, Darren. Yeah, I've absolutely. Never seen it, so I can't comment. And at number one, Home Alone. Ah, nice. straight into the charts, jump in yeah. the charts. And so, over here then, this is a weird one. At number five, a film called Criminal Law. Mm-hmm. And so we got it in 1990. It got released in 1988 oh, in the okay. States, I guess. Yeah, so um, a successful attorney gets his uh, client acquitted, and then there's a cat and mouse game. It's Gary Oldman, I believe. Oh, right, okay. I've never heard of it. I've also never heard of number four, which was Madhouse. Hmm, so Mark and his wife move into their newly purchased home and everything seems to be perfect until uh, Mark's cousins come over for the holiday. That just sounds like Christmas vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Number three, Flatliners. Oh, yeah. That scared the piss out of me. Yeah, Keeper Southern, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that really scared me. Hmm. Watch out for years. Number two is a film called Dark Man, which I had never ever. I, I think I remember seeing the video cover. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that rings a bell. So yeah. the synopsis, well, the, 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 the rough little synopsis. A mentally unstable scientist is burned in an attack and later stretches his invention of the synthetic skin to the limit by taking on the faces of other people to take revenge. Oh. Liam Neeson. Yeah. That's I, I'm, I might actually mm. watch that. Yeah. And at number one over in the UK was Ghost. Okay. So, there we go. Well, there we go. Nice. Uh, so some other facts from 1990. The best-selling Christmas toy that year? Game Boy. No idea. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it would have been around that time. Yeah. 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 Um, I, mean, I, I can't believe so, so, so many things this year. Nelson Mandela was released. Released what? From prison. Oh, right. Not yeah. on record. No, no, so that's not really <laughs> he had an album deal. <laughs> also, I, 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 the 90s to me doesn't feel like it's a long time ago. It clearly is now. Mm. But on the, in May in 1990, the World Health Organization removed homosexuality from its list of diseases. <laughs> that's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Being gay was a disease. Apparently, until 1990, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely nuts, right? I mean, I'm laughing because it's just fucking ridiculous. It is absolutely crazy. I'm fucking moronic. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, the Channel Tunnel workers uh, met uh, oh, und- oh, underwater. Course, yeah. yeah, well, not underwater, but under. Well, you, you know, hope not underwater. Under the seabed. <laughs> and it, apparently, it makes the first uh, ground connection between the UK and the mainland of Europe since the last ice age. And finally, one little fact I thought you'd enjoy. Right. Thatcher resigned. Come. Right, there we go. So those are my facts. May she rot in hell. Those are my facts. (laughs) Just poking the bear there. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) So those are my facts from 1990. How about we then go to the charts? Home Alone received its Chicago premiere on the 10th of November 1990 and went on general release in Canada and the USA on the 16th of November 1990. 
But we're going to take the premiere date in Chicago, the 10th of November. And this week, we are looking at the UK Top 10 for the week commencing the 4th of November, 1990. At number 10 this week, rising from last week's 19, it's Robert Palmer and UB40, and I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. At number 9, rising from last week's 21, it's Black Box and Fantasy. Falling four places to number 8, it's Maria McKee and Show Me Heaven. Last week's 5 is this week's 7, it's Whitney Houston and I'm Your Baby Tonight. And it's a non-mover at number 6 for Belinda Carlisle and We Want the Same Thing. Rising 11 places to number 5, it's Kim Appleby and Don't Worry. And rising 5 places to number 4, it's Kylie Minogue and Step Back in Time. It's another non-mover at number 3 for Berlin and Take My Breath Away 1990. Last week's two is this week's two. It's the beautiful South and a little time. Which means there's another non-mover at number one this week. It's Unchained Melody from the Righteous Brothers. And that was the UK Top 10 from the week commencing the 4th of November, 1990. Yeah, there we go then. That is quite the movie top ten, isn't it? Isn't it? It take my breath away. I don't. I don't know why that's back in the. See, chart, I right? think I've I've got theory as you were going through it. Right. So, um, show me heaven is from uh, days of thunder. Days of thunder. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know they re-released uh, take you know take yeah. my breath away top as a, yeah as a little because it was Top Gun with cars essentially it's, wasn't yeah, it? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, um, and obviously Unchained Melody and Ghost and yep, that's exactly. both charts, both charts of Atlantic. So yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, film related. Yeah, I didn't know thirty percent of the, of the songs in the top ten. Yeah, crazy. And what was number nine again? Number nine was Fantasy from Black Box. Obviously, Is that, Black let Box. Let me be your fantasy. Is that it? Yeah, I don't remember it being called that though. Uh, anyway, just just outside the top ten. <laughs> a new entry at number 11 for Gaza and Lindisfarne and Fog on the Tyne. No. Yeah, pretty horrendous. Uh, 13, uh, The Cure and Close to Me. 14, Kinky Afro from Happy Mondays. Okay. 16, Status Quo, The Anniversary Waltz, part one. Uh, 17, from another film, I think, uh, Blue Velvet uh, by Bobby Vinton. I Would that be from the in... film Blue Velvet? Yeah. Right. <laughs> 18, Roxette, Dress for Success. Now, Roxette was also famous for a lot of films. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, a bit, bit of trivia, as, as we've said before. Maybe on the podcast or not. We've talked about it before, anyway. Uh, the original version of... Must Have Been Love. Must Have Been Love was actually a Christmas song. It wasn't me just talking over Darren. I saw the, I saw the light <laughs> go out of his eyes. He was what like, the fuck? Um, what's the song called? <laughs> yes, yes, because they had the yeah. lyric, it's a cold... Christmas Day. <laughs> cool Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, there we go. Anyway, they're, they're number 20, one of the best songs of the 90s, I think, The Lars and There She Goes. I think it's a Was real... Was it as in, There, there she, she Goes, goes. Go, There She Goes Again. For Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. 22, one of your favourites. I don't know if you know the song. I'm, it doesn't ring a bell for me. I'm Doing Fine from Jason Donovan. That does not ring a bell mm. for me. Mm. No. No. Uh, 23, George Michael, Waiting for That Day. 24, I've Been Thinking About You, from London right. Beat. Again, another absolute fucking corker at 25, EMF and Unbelievable. Oh, oh, oh. Fucking oh, great. Oh, oh, oh. Um, 28, Jimmy <laughs> Summerfield, and uh, To Love Somebody. 30, Delamitri and Spit in the Rain. And then, I have to be honest... 
31 to 40. I'm a little bit... Mm. Uh, little Brother from Blue Pearl? No. My Rising Star, Northside? Nope. Uh, new Power Generation from Prince? It's a new entry. I might yeah. know that one if I I don't know. It. I mean, I was, I was 12 years old. I probably just discovered mm. something, so I was busy. Of course. Yeah. Um, Dirty bastard. Can I, can I just circle back to Jason Donovan, by the yeah. way? Not one of my favourites. I'm just saying I would like to see... <laughs> you love him. He's not one of my favourites. Yeah, you I, liar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't be ashamed, guy. It's all good. Uh, 34, let's push it from Innocence. I don't know. 35, Mother Universe from Soup Dragons. I've heard of Soup Dragons, definite. 36, time to make the floor burn from Megabase. 37, Don't Ask Me, Public Image Limited. I think I know that one. 38, Aftermath from Nightmares on Wax. Mm, okay. 39, 100 Miles and Running from NWA. Get used to these because these are all going to be rewinded in a few years. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 40, Poison, Something to Believe in. So yeah, 31 to 40, a bit of a, a strange land for I was me. expected to know more, I mm. think, from the 90s. Yes. But then again, it was only 1990. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, but there we go. Anyway, so that's the basically the top 40 from the 4th of November, 1990. That Fantastic. Week. People that listen to us normally. The person that listens. The person that listens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you say that, but we're very big in uh, Sweden, India, Ukraine. And Thailand, Thailand, apparently, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> regulars will know. <laughs> <laughs> the ping pong trick. What? Darren has a challenge every week to get from uh, last episode to this episode in a certain amount of steps. So he starts with five, goes to four, three, two, one. But this week he has two steps to get from last time's film, which was... Eight-bit Christmas. To this week's film, which is... Home Alone. Can it be done, Daz? Let's find out. Okay, as Matt said, I've got to get from 8-Bit Christmas to Home Alone. And we start with one of the stars of 8-Bit Christmas, obviously, uh, June Diane Raphael, who played Kathy, the mum. So, step one. June Diane Raphael was in Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, with Christina Applegate. And step two. Christina Applegate was in Surviving Christmas with Catherine O'Hara, who plays the mum in Home Alone. And that's the two-step challenge. I had a feeling you were going to try and link it to Catherine O'Hara. Oh, God, yeah. Because I'd you love her. I'd love her. to try and link it to Catherine yes, O'Hara. Yes, you do. You absolutely love Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. So, uh, the first film was? Uh, Anchorman 2. Have you seen it? Nope. But then I've not seen Anchorman. I've seen yet. Anchorman. I've right. really enjoyed Anchorman. But the bad reviews for Anchorman 2, I just never bothered to watch it. Mm. I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan, if I'm honest. Even though you're in a film with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a dreadful film anyway. We don't talk about that. Um, Hang on. I, I, I guess I should. Hang on. Hang if on. You're saying, if you're putting it out that I like Jason Donovan. So Darren yeah. really, really likes this film. So if you <laughs> want to see Darren in what, a film. What film? Um, it's called... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, and, and it, yeah, mm. no, no. Let's not look at Holmes and Watson. Anyway, um, <laughs> a... I mean, I can't do anything because you edit this. So, mm-hmm. so there oh, we yeah, go. Good point. Yeah, nice. Two step nice. challenge. I just put a... Beep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. You absolute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Cut. that's the two step challenge this week. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Thank you.
Anyway, so that's our, our little challenges. Uh, and at this point, now we're going to give our initial reactions to the film. And being an odd-numbered episode, mm-hmm. you get to go first. Great. Okay, well, I'm going to keep it brief. It is fantastic. It's, it's just it's a really well-put-together film. I think it could have ended up being something else based on some of the stuff I've read. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's, it's, it's that perfect chemistry, that perfect lightning-in-a-bottle moment where they managed to capture something very, very special. And it is just a very, very good film that is infinitely rewatchable. Loved it. Great. You? Uh, pretty much the same. Um, yeah, it's so much fun. Time flies when I watch this film. And I do watch it every year. I love it. I think it's great. And uh, yeah, no, nothing has changed. My opinion is exactly the same as it always is. It's very funny. It's it's really enjoyable. The characters are great. Really lovable. Music's fantastic. Yeah. Initial reaction. I love it. There we go. Brilliant. Well, that was uh, pretty easy. Yeah. Good night. Good night. <laughs> right. Thank let's you, let, let's, uh, let's take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll delve a little bit deeper into okay. Home Alone. And, and we're back. back. Part two of Darren and Matt's 80s adventures slash Darren and Matt's 90s cash-in. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> cash-in. Christmas cash-in, where we are looking at Home Alone. Yes, and uh, regular listeners to the podcast will know that at this point in said podcast, Matt has his challenge to give us the synopsis of the film, and he has as many seconds as the film has minutes. So, Monsieur Mathieu, how long was the film? One hour and 43 minutes. So you had one minute, 43 seconds to give us the synopsis. Are you ready? I am indeed. Then let's have the jingle. And if you're still ready, go. The McAllis household is full of children. Some theirs, some close relations. They're going to be famous for two things. Number one, having too much sexy time to have so many kids. And number two, leaving their son, Kevin, home alone. We meet them the night before flying to Paris and young Kevin gets into trouble. He is sent to the attic to sleep and in a series of unfortunate events they forget him and he is left home alone. He couldn't be happier to be left home alone and runs around the house believing he has made his family disappear. His happiness is short-lived however as the house is the target for hapless burglars Harry and Marv aka the Wet Bandits. Kevin's mom realises Kevin is home alone and upon landing in Paris, sets out to get back to Chicago. Kevin starts to mature, take care of the house, cooking, cleaning, and getting the place ready for Christmas. He manages to fool Harry and Marv by switching on the lights, faking a party, and also with firecrackers and a movie. Harry and Marv catch on and say loudly that they'll be back at 9pm. Kevin puts a plan in place that involves booby-trapping the house. Harry and Marv fall for all of Kevin's tricks and end up smacked, tripped, stabbed, burnt, and dropped. It's all right, though. It's a film. They nearly catch up with him, but the old neighbourhood outcast smacks them on the head and then sends Kevin back to his home, alone. The next morning, Kevin's family make it back from Paris and we get a heartfelt scene as we see that Kevin is home alone, no more. Nice. Okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) idiot right uh, go on and guess, uh, just remind us how long was the film it was 1.43 so you had 1 minute 43 seconds you did it in drum roll 1 minute 31.7 seconds there we go so we're within time I'm going to have a little bit of uh, my little drinky pools did I get the title in I can't remember 
Home Alone. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I can't really remember. What's the film called? It's about the kid that's Home Alone. Ay, ay, ay. Well, that's, there we go. Well done. Very nice. <laughs> and now we're going to go deeper into the film. Uh, but before we do, uh, any list to read out of uh, people who might have been in the film or might have been considered for the film? Oh, Jesus. Right. Strap yourself in. <laughs> So, there's a few. Uh, Uncle Frank was written with Kelsey Grammer Dick. in mind, apparently. So, uh, there was an interesting one with Marv. So, they, they'd cast Daniel Stern, but then there was something about the shoot going over. So yeah, it was going to go from six weeks to eight weeks, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. They got with Daniel no Roebuck in, and they gave him money, and then, yeah. Anyway, mm. so Daniel Roebuck. Apparently, Christopher Lloyd turned down the role of Marv. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I can kind of see it. I mean, I'm thinking of Christopher Lloyd now, but back yeah. then, that would have been mm. fine. Mm. Okay. And uh, imagine this. Christopher Lloyd is Marvin, Danny DeVito for Harry. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. uh, this is loads of alternates for, to these guys. So, uh, De Niro apparently turned down Harry. Rowan Atkinson auditioned for the role of Harry. And Bob Hoskins also turned down the role. Uh, John Lovitz turned it down. And Al Pacino turned it down. Uh, Alan Rickman was considered... Okay. And here's the thing I found very interesting. So apparently, Rickman worked with Macaulay Culkin's aunt, Bonnie Bedelia. In Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's his yeah, aunt. That's the wife. Is it really? That's his auntie. It's a small world, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, no nepotism. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? So Jeremy Irons was offered to play either of them. Uh, okay. Kirsty Alley was down for Kate McAllister. Keanu Reeves or River Phoenix were considered for Buzz. No, really? They've mm. been way too old. <laughs> You'll enjoy this. Dudley Moore and Phil Collins were considered for Harry. Please. Uh, Chris Farley, do you remember him? Chris Farley. Very mm. big in the 90s. Died way too early. Uh, but he... Uh, Luke. He also auditioned for Santa Claus, apparently. Oh, as in um, when Kevin goes to see him? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember, yeah. yeah. Right. Peter McAllister and Kate McAllister, so there is a lot of names. Right. So I'm going to rattle some out. Oh, okay, right? okay. So for Pete, Peter McAllister, the drug baron that affords a house like that, um, <laughs> Michael Douglas, Kevin Costner, Martin Sheen, Dan Aykroyd, Charles Grodin, John Travolta, Nathan Lane, Tom Skerritt, Bill Murray, James Belushi, Chevy Chase, Harrison Ford, Tom Hanks, Sean Penn, Mel Gibson, Sylvester Sloan, Chris Lloyd, Rick Moranis, Dennis Quaid, Jack Nicholson, John Goodman, Robin Williams... Steve Martin, uh, Tony Danza, Bruce Willis, Dave Thomas, Robin Hayes, John Ritter, Ed O'Neill, Jeff Daniels, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Arnold Schwarzenegger is the dad. <laughs> Imagine that. Mm, We've no. left them home alone. <laughs> Stop whining. <laughs> Kevin! Stop whining. <laughs> and finally for Kate... Sigourney Weaver, Diane Keaton, Holly Hunter, Jodie Foster, Glenn Close, Gina Davis, Jamie Lee Curtis, ooh, Stockard mm. Channing, Carrie Fisher, Madonna, Daryl Hannah, Kelly McGuinness, Lee Thompson, Linda Hamilton, Helen Hunt, Laura Dern, Jane Seymour, Angelica Houston, Sharon Stone, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jessica Lang, uh, Deborah Winger, Jennifer Grey, Kelly Preston, uh, Bette Midler, Meg Ryan, Linda Carter, Kim Cattrall, Ali Sheedy, and Mary Steenburgen. Okay. They're all quite serious actresses, though, aren't they? It's, it's, but it's a long list of names, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. kind of like they went, right, so we want everyone in Hollywood to be considered for this film. <laughs> yeah, but then I guess if... Uh, it's a John Hughes film. And it's it, a John it, Hughes it, film. But it, so did you read it? Was So it was initially mm. over at Warner Brothers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
and um, they basically under budgeted it. They didn't give it anywhere near enough money, did they? I, th- I think. Well, they asked. I think when they went in, they said, "Right, we want ten million to make it," mm. and then it was eventually going to be essentially fifty percent more, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. Uh, from from what I could figure, they agreed to up, up it to fourteen million, and then demanded that the budget was cut. Right. Uh, but even in, in, in all that time, uh, he'd been talking to 20th Century Fox anyway, hadn't he? Because the budget wasn't enough. And on the day that Warner Brothers pulled the plug on the project, or the, the following day, right. Fox took it straight away. I bet Warner Brothers are kicking themselves now. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Because of course, Because... Of when you look at, you know, obviously films like Star Wars and people mm. thought it was a joke, even the, the cast of this film mm. thought this was like... They weren't convinced it was going to be successful. No, it's mm. like, especially Pesci and... Um, and uh, the, um, Dern. Stern. Stern. Tells you to Laura fucking Dern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, and, and, and John Hurd as well, didn't he? Who apparently apologised. <laughs> on camera uh, at the start of the, the, the production for the second film. Yeah, and, and do you know, I think that's that's a nice thing, isn't it? It's uh, it's funny when someone's got a vision. Mm. People are like, okay, I don't know what you're going, but yeah, you know, don't know where you're going with this, but I will follow you. Mm. Uh, and apparently, that that kind of, from what we understand, sort of trans translates in in the performance of the, the actual two. I wouldn't call them villains, antagonists. You don't think Pesci and uh, Stern are villains? Well, they're... The they're, wet bandit. They're so comical that I, I yeah. can't... Like, the, Although they are willing to kill him, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and he does actually bite him. Yes, yeah, he's got a scar, right? <laughs> yeah, he's still got a scar to this day. Uh, Conkin, where Pesci bit him on the finger. Ay, ay, ay. That's but, quite funny. And so they, they, you know, hammed up their performance a little bit. Yeah, and apparently Chris Columbus kept asking Pesci to do his speech. Uh, what film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, see, I, as I was watching this today, it, it, I, I couldn't help but draw comparisons to, if you like, in, in, um, in commas, you know, the violence at the end. Mm. It felt very... Very wily coyote. Very. It's very, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, for me, it's, it's that pure sort of thing. Tom yes, and Jerry. that's what I mean. It's the, yeah. it's the cartoon violence that we grew yeah. up on, where something would happen and you'd get a very unrealistic reaction. Because <laughs> have you seen some of the YouTube videos where what would actually happen to Harry and Marv no, if they uh, and they kind of go, yeah, they would die there, exactly, die there, yeah. die there, They'd die, die there. <laughs> I mean, forget the fact he stands on a fucking nail anyway, which, oh. which would send me through the fucking... Yeah, when you stand on a piece of Lego or... or, or a, yeah, Is there much Lego in your house? No, right. but anything. <laughs> you hear parents all the time saying, you know, I just done a piece of Lego. But if you stand on anything, you know, just a dog toy or... Uh, I, I've got a, one for you. Go on. An upturned plug. Oh, yeah. I hate that. I've done that several times. Yeah. And yeah, it's very painful. But yeah, yeah. nail. Anything that touches the sole of your foot and you stand on it for... Actually, Sam said about the upturn plug. Sarah stood on one, apparently on a snow day from school, when she was at school, dancing around the, the living room, apparently, at her house, because she was so excited and jumped onto an upturn plug. Oh, there's one thing oh, stepping on it. But jumping? Oh, God. Oh, what is it? But why, the, why are the soles of your feet so piss insensitive? Because we think, wear trainers. <laughs> but the thing you're going to stand on the most, used to stand on things, should be fucking hard as nails. God damn it. Get me God on the phone now. I need to have a word with him. <laughs> Hi, God. Uh, yeah, Darren from Darren and Matt's 80th Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, got, a, got a little... Uh... Just <laughs> a little word about this uh, design fault. What the hell am I talking about? 
Especially given it's it's Jeebus's birthday tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. I mean, some, some of the stuff I've written down, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we'll get to the violence because that is just... Hilarious. It's brilliant. <laughs> the, uh, I, the first note I wrote was, I had the... As soon as I heard the music, I had mm-hmm. the biggest smile on my face. Yeah. You know, it's so iconic. Yeah. Everything about this film is iconic, especially at the beginning when you see the little animation of the house and the lights <laughs> or whatever else. Yeah, it's really iconic. It is terrific. And uh, can I just on. say, I yep. thought it was brilliant of uh, Daniel Stern, Joe Pesci, whoever else, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd, to give Macaulay Culkin first billing. Because mm. we've seen that so many times, haven't we? Superman. Yeah. You know, where it's you know, Gene Hackman or Marlon Brando and, oh, and Christopher Reeve. Yeah. I thought it was lovely to get Who him first billing. Christopher Reeve, the star of the film, mm. doesn't get top billing. But yeah, absolutely. But yeah, And there's things about, because obviously he was uh, tied to, to labor laws in the, in the U.S., couldn't work for more than five hours a day. So they would film his reaction shots or his um, lines to other actors just on his own. So he could get them in as much as possible and then spend the rest of the time with the other actors when he wasn't able to work. I mean, that's that's quite an awkward way to work for yeah. such a, 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 essentially a child. Well, he was a child. You know, it, it's just, it's the same principle as, as actors acting against green screen because the, you know, the other thing they're working against isn't there. So for him to do that and still come across convinced, I mean, a lot of the scenes he's alone because uh, he's home alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But to be able to do that at, at, you know, at his age, I think it's fantastic. And he is yeah. so good in this film. He's brilliant. Ridiculously he's good. He's absolutely brilliant. And he's, he's, I mean, you saw stroke, um, Strokes of Genius mm. uh, when he was in Uncle Buck, yeah. which well, that, we are yet to cover. Which, well, yeah, but that's where the idea came from, wasn't it? Where he sat on the, on the, on the seat uh, interviewing babysitters or whatever through, through the letterbox. So he's, yeah, well, that was he's identifying, yeah. This. Yeah, it? he's trying to identify the babysitter. I think he'd like driving license and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's where the germ of the idea came from. Chris Columbus, as we said, directed Home Alone. Wasn't supposed to, though. No, he, he was, was meant a, to do... Supposed to be doing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, which we did for episode 24. Uh, but apparently, as a lot of people have said about him, he just could not get on with Chevy Chase. No. So went to John Hughes and said, I can't work with him. Uh, have you got anything else I can do? And he offered him a few films. This was one of them. So he, he chose this. And I think he makes a really, really good, a, a good movie. It's as yeah. simple as that. Little things like the this, this, uh, a shot when when uh, the, the gale blows out or the uh, the phone lines and the electricity and stuff. And you get the, the wreath on the door rocking from side to side. And you get that almost a crash zoom. It's quite a scary Father Christmas face on the wreath. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, just it's just little things like that. Or I don't know whose idea it was to have people driving into the statue outside the house all the time. That is just it's pure ridiculous. Genius. It's though. it's farce. It's pure farce. But so fucking funny. And they all do it. They all everyone do it. does it. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. I mean, he's he's a, a fantastic filmmaker. Mm. So I don't know if that was in the script or that's a, a directing thing. Well, one thing that wasn't in the script originally was Old Man Marley. He was a late addition, wasn't he? Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I if we're going to talk about some of the alterations to the script. Mm, yeah. Oh, my God. So, I mean, it's, uh, there's a rumour, isn't there? Mm. There's a rumour in the original draft of the screenplay that Uncle Frank is the real villain. Did you oh, read really? that? <laughs> no. So, 
as in the villain behind the villains. So oh, he's Big Boss Man. Yeah, and so and Harry and Marv work for him, right? And he hired them to rob the McAllister house and also kill Kevin. Oh, okay, that's that's a lot darker. So I'm glad that went through a rewrite. I mean, after Frank's fucking bled them dry anyway, there's nothing fucking left, surely. (laughs) He's a dick. Frank is a dick. But I mean, it's so fascinating to see how many different avenues these films could go down. So uh, there was stuff budgetary as well. So Kevin was going to have all these dream sequences, like about the thing in the basement, the the furnace chasing him, and a nutcracker (laughs) scene. And you know what? The film is way better without that. Yes. It doesn't need it. No, it really doesn't need it. I know there's lots of deleted scenes as well, especially of uh, the family when they're in Paris. Yeah, um, because apparently the test audiences said, we just want to get back, get back see, to Kevin. Yeah, see what happens yeah. with Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> and then nearly you know, an hour and three quarters already. I don't think it really needs it. I'd quite like to see, I think, uh, maybe a director's cut. Yeah, we could do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's um, not going to hurt, is it? It's no, exactly. It's the same film, essentially. But uh, uh, some of the scenes that are missing, uh, uh, a lot of um, Biff, sorry, Buzz, uh, it, <laughs> it really is Biff, it isn't really it? Is. Yeah. Uh, Buzz being a, a, just a dick to lots of people. There's a, a few nice scenes in Paris where the family are asleep. Uh, oh, they're all awake, worrying about Kevin, uh, and, and Buzz he's yeah. is fast asleep. Uh, there's a touching scene about talking about how family should stick together and all that sort of thing. I don't think the film is missing anything for not having them. No, and uh, well, and there's another. I, I, because I, I'd looked at some of the facts, I suppose, mm. about the film before I watched it again. And as they're running in Paris towards the phones, yes. yeah, you see yeah. the banner welcoming them. Yeah. And so so a- the actual Parisian branch of the family are at the, 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 the airport waiting for them to arrive with a banner, like you said. Yeah. And they just run through the banner. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, for the first time today, I saw the banner. I was like, oh, right. interesting. Nice, nice. Did you also see the urban myth thing? Uh, oh, know, Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I purposely went and watched it again. I went, what are you talking? It's nothing. The the bit where uh, Kate gets back to America uh, just before she meets John Candy's character and she's at the, the desk trying to, and she said, yeah, wherever the hell I am, Scranton or wherever it is. It was Scranton. Yep. God, I hope that's not one of Seth's questions. <laughs> you see, I knew it was Scranton. Yeah, we can talk about stuff like this without being exactly. guarded about our questions yeah. this week. Uh, but before, yeah, literally seconds before John Candy you know, says, can I have a word with you? There's a guy behind the behind Kate in the queue of people uh, with a beard who people have convinced themselves over the years is actually Elvis. Mm. He faked his own death. To only oh, go yeah. and appear as an extra in Home Alone. Exactly, yeah. 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 I mean, the fact he was, what, 52 stone when he died and he hadn't shit for 17 years or something? I don't know. That's maybe a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, Ridiculous. <laughs> just quickly back to old man Marley, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we were talking about Marley, weren't we? We did a bit of Connolly there. What the actual fuck? So he he goes and saves Kevin. Yes. He says, right, let's get you home. And then he, he goes and leaves the fucking kid home alone. Because <laughs> Well, <laughs> maybe I, he... We don't see what happened. Yeah, yeah but you know what? Him. Everything else is plausible, right? About, yeah. you know, they're missing their flight, blah, blah, blah. All that, that home alone stuff, I've got no problem with that. My, the problem I've got is, is, is Marley going, right, yeah, let's get you home. So what does he do? He walks this kid to his doorstep. He's like, right, have a good night. Or then, <laughs> he tucks him into bed, makes sure he's safe, locks the house up. Why, but he, why is he leaving him alone? He knows he's without his parents. 
he's just been in a very maybe scary Kate phoned situation. him and said, "I'm on my way." Just check he's all right. Come on, come on. That's that's the only thing that made me kind of go. Oh, oh that's uh, the only thing about the film that made you go. Yeah, mm. you know everything else. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right then. Let's have a look at our highs and lows, shall we? Oh, I've just got a couple more things, oh, okay. by the way, which I found very interesting because it was the highest grossing comedy, mm. right, for 30 years until this year. Oh, right. years. So the um, apparently the, it was surpassed by Barbie this year. Oh, fuck off. No, it's true. It's true. So, no, but, I, I believe it's true, but fuck off. No, I, I quite like Barbie. It's a good film. And also, one little bit of trivia. This is going to make us feel really old. Yeah. In 2016... Macaulay Culkin turned the same age that Catherine O'Hara was when she played his mum. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just a couple of little bits of trivia. But yeah, highlights. Highlights and lowlights. Highlights and lowlights. Well, again, odd numbered episode. You get to go first. All right. My first highlight, and it's just, I, for me, it's a beautiful moment in the film. It's the scene in the church with old man Marley. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's just, it's, Really, really well performed, mm. and you, you actually felt a real connection with those two, you know. And it's just for me, that's one of the hearts of the film because I think without it, it's it, it is a kid home alone. But I think you needed to find that message about family and how hard it is. Yeah, you, sometimes you don't get on with your family, mm-hmm. but they're still family, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was for me that was just beautiful, one of my highlights. And the guy who plays Marley, Roberts Blossom, mm. says it's one of the highlights of his career as well. It's the thing he's. He's just, it's the thing he's most known for, especially for you know, the generation after yeah. the came out. And that's really nice. Yeah, so there yeah, we go. It's a really, really that. touching little scene. It's, it's, it's also um, Macaulay Culkin's reaction as well, because he, as he watches him walk across <laughs> towards his pew, and he says, may I sit here over the line? And he just goes, huh? And it's, yeah. yeah. And the pair of them act, act against each other so well. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, my first highlight is also for one, the same sort of reasons, actually. It's when Kevin goes to visit Father Christmas. Uh, Father Christmas. Right, yeah. Um, and he asks, yeah. And it's, it's, it's really touching. It's, it's that sort of... Kevin is not knowing as in sort of a, a too-adult way, but he's, he's sort of knowing... Like he, he says himself, I know what the game is. So you think, okay, he knows there's no Father Christmas. But no, he yeah. knows that you're not the, the, fun, the real one's not here. But you work for him, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's a really touching scene when he says, you know, I, I'd like them back and blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, what the fuck he's doing wandering the streets of Chicago on his own at that age at that time of night. But no, I realize, and it's the fact that the guy you know, is, is, is in a rush to get to a piss up. And then sort of, okay. I just think it's a really, really... It's a simple scene. It's not yeah. overly sentimental. But because of that, it's it's a real highlight for me. I like what I read about the end of that scene. Right. So that the actual car was meant to drive off, but <laughs> yeah. it, it actually did stall. He stalled. <laughs> yeah. And they kept it in. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Lovely. Um, and I'm going to be very obvious here with my second highlight. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the fun house antics. It is... It, I, I don't know if you got the same. But same highlight for number two. It, the yeah, the the robbers finale. I call yes, call it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it is all the traps, everything like that. Because I remember being, suppose I was twelve when this came out, and when I first saw this, I don't think I ever laughed 
so hard. Uh-huh. And, and and probably, so you get certain films over the years that make you laugh a lot and you'll remember those. This was one of them. Yeah. And I think the film, film to make me laugh as much as I grew up was American Pie. Right. So, do you know what yeah. I mean? It, it just shows that I grew up <laughs> with these films. Um, so this made me laugh so much. Just And Christopher Columbus, it says, you know, pain is funny and it's, it is. it's the way they play it yeah oh it's so it's so funny i mean paint pot to the face is bad enough but standing on glass baubles uh, or stomping on them uh, we've said already about the fucking nail and the sole of your foot that the, for me it was the light bulb when you oh, pulled the light bulb and the iron oh, came down onto yeah, his I face i mean sorry but he would be dead he would if he absolutely the be dead the tarantula on the face, who he he didn't know was going to be a real tarantula, by all accounts. <laughs> oh my it was supposed God. to be a mechanical one. Until he turned up for set that day, didn't know it was going to be a real one. And he wasn't happy about it. And then for it to be put on his face as well. The scream apparently is pretty fucking real. Yeah, well, then yeah. that would be real. And it's, 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 it's the funniest thing because then... Then when it's on uh, when it's on Harry and he goes and smacks Harry, the first thing Harry does is get up and start smacking him with a crowbar. <laughs> that makes it even funnier because he's like, it's "I'm getting brilliant. a bit." How do you like it? How do you? <laughs> I mean, but also being shot in the bollocks with a BB gun. I mean, uh, every man on the planet uh-huh. knows that pain, uh-huh. and it's it's the way his voice goes slightly high. It's the burning of Joe Pesci. Yes, you know, whether whether he's got the branding on his hands, uh, it does fucking change position for the. Uh, it's upside down so, at one point. So, but that's yeah. nice. Uh, but yeah, apparently Pesci is a bit of a swearer. The foul-mouthed bastard. Uh, they had a swear jar on, on set, didn't they? And that's why he... So he gave away his entire salary. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's why he do, also does the... Um... <laughs> didn't they also say brilliant. something like fridge instead of fuck or something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. But it's brilliant. But they, you know, they wouldn't survive it. They are the ones that sell it, though. And I think them being so over the top with it, it makes it that cartoony mm. that you can laugh at it and not going to go, shit, are they, they okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they are pretty fucking beaten up by the end of it. But yeah, that's that's my highlight as well. I fucking yeah. love it. Yeah. You can't not love that. Absolutely. I did read a couple of the reviews across the, the, the Tinterweb and the amount of people that complain about the violence saying it's it's over the top, it's disgraceful and it's disgusting. I think you've sort of missed the point here. Yeah. It's, these yeah. are the same people that did complain about Tom and Jerry and get it fucking taken off kids' TV. Mm. Fucking stuff. Well, let's move on from that cunts. then. Let's go on to Christmas cunts! Christmas cunts? Ooh. That's what I Do want. Do they for... sell those at Tesco? <laughs> That's what I want for Christmas. <laughs> Hello, can I get a Christmas cunt, yeah. please? Mince yes. pies, stolen, Christmas, Christmas cunts. cunts. <laughs> Low lights. pigs. Okay, Do you have low lights? <laughs> Uh, I've got eight low lights. Okay, I have one, and 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 it's it, I've already touched upon it. The, it was only something that sprung at me was that whole. I think they've done very well linking everything together, like logically. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, the power's gone out. They cancelled another kid. They've done everything they can to make this so. You know, uh, Kevin was so scared that he was hiding under the covers when the police came around. Everything they've done to make it. That's not believable, but plausible-ish. It was, but for me, I suppose the only thing I could call a low light, and I'm just being picky, was old man Marley leaving Kevin after after saving him because I don't I don't understand that. And also, the police have been there arresting 
the wet bandits, yeah. and you kind of go, well, how has he just then been allowed to go home alone? He's, he's, he's home, isn't he? The police aren't there when... He's not there when the police turn up. We don't know. We didn't see it, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> but also, if you were Marley, wouldn't you go, look, yeah, this kid was being terrorised by yeah. them. Yeah. But anyway, that's the only little, little gripe. Well, I guess my, my only low light as well sort of ties into that a little bit. We've said before, you know, about the 80s, nothing was impossible. My problem with this isn't, it's not just that it's, uh, it's, it's not just that it's unbelievable, it's fucking preposterous. <laughs> The whole story. I mean, uh, you know, the fact he's left behind is... Uh, uh, did you also notice the, the kid who gets counted as Kevin was the kid that was in Overboard? But he's awful for fucking speaking everyone else's lines or mouthing everyone else's lines. When you watch it, he's going... Num, 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 num. With the he, guy yeah, he's also called Jeffrey Weissman, who yeah. is, and Jeffrey Weissman is another actor who right. plays George McFly in Back to the Future oh, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh. but yeah, the, this kid from ba, 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 ba. he did audition to play Kevin as well, didn't he? But uh, yeah, anyway, yes. So yeah, I mean, the fact that um, they leave Kevin behind is unbelievable. The fact that Kevin can come up with all these fucking booby traps is <laughs> unbelievable. The fact that the TV slash video sounds real. To, to you know, the pizza guy and, and to, to Marv. It's preposterous. And he, you know, he goes shopping. Kevin goes shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the line, I can't tell you because you're a stranger. It's brilliant. But it's when the toys go through. It's for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's that thing of when he's walking back towards the house and the shopping bags break. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Usually with a takeaway walking home because there's no fucking taxis. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's not that sort of film to look too closely into. Too, no, it really too deeply isn't. into. So, I mean, my lowlights are just, they're ridiculous, really. But to try and pick something, there's, I love the film. So, for me, there are no lowlights, really. Okay. Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's speak to the collective highlight that we kind of, is obvious and left out then. Mm-hmm. Let's go over and talk about the music. Well. It's not is, bad, is, is, is it? it? Is it's not bad. It? It's all right. I, I'm not sure who... Uh, <laughs> Who did the music? But okay, for let's, it. let's quickly talk about yeah the the Christmas classics that are in there. Great, they yep. work really well. So we've got so yeah, we've got the Drifters version of White Christmas, which is fucking classic. After he splashes on the the lotion, which is a funny moment. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I mean, I love that that song anyway. It's a, it's a Christmas classic. But their version it is really really fun. Obviously, Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. Who's yeah, just brought really out good. a video yeah? of her singing that? Yeah, we watched it last week. Oh, right. The little okay. granny singing the song. That's Brenda Lee. God, yeah, we yeah, were yeah, drunk then. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Let's watch um, it again in a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, the great Chuck Berry giving us Run, Rudolph, Run. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Yeah, this thing's that Santa Claus is coming to town. Carol of the Bells and John Williams' version of Carol of the Bells, which is brilliant. Yeah. You can't see me, but I'm nodding. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and there's things like Deck the Halls and, and stuff like that, which are uh, just brilliant. Just, uh, please come home for Christmas. Don't forget the polka guys playing uh, polka, Deck polka, the Halls. Polka, <laughs> polka. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, you say playing, pretending to play. Yeah, I was watching John Candy in that scene. <laughs> Bless him. Who filmed all of his scenes in 23 hours mm. and received the princely sum that he wasn't happy about, apparently. 
He agreed to do it for, I can't remember what they called it, over the base yeah, fee. Like, I guess kind of like what we would call equity minimum over yeah. here. Yeah. So he did one day's work on the film, was paid $414. Wow. Yeah. And and the film, yeah. okay, the budget was $18 million in the end and took nearly $477 million. He should have <laughs> asked for points on the back yeah, end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll take a share, yeah. Um, but there we go. So, yeah, and then we get to... John Williams. Actually, to be fair, and Leslie Brickus as well. Leslie Brickus provides the, the lyrics, the lyrics yeah. for Star of Bethlehem and the awesome uh, Somewhere in My Memory, mm. which I don't know if you remember, but we had played it uh, at my wedding, at me and Seth's wedding, when the registers were being signed. So um, also in this, I mean, I was getting hints of uh, Superman 1 with some of the music uh, right. interludes when he was running in the house and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, it's just John Williams is just... I mean, we we fan wanked over him so mm-hmm. much on this mm-hmm. podcast. He needs to be wrapped in cotton wool and kept very, very safe. Him and Sir David Attenborough mm-hmm. uh, need to be kept very, very safe because, you know, they're just the genie. Um, yeah. But yeah, going back to his score then, it's... Oh, I love it. It's it's well he wasn't going to be the composer, was he? The original no, composer. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, to do Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Whoops. The, you know, the producers and things said, Well, what about John Williams? <laughs> we'll never get John Williams. But they showed him a, a rough cut, an early edit of the film, and apparently fell in love with it and said, Yeah, of course I'll fucking do it. And my God, what a score. I wonder if that's a thing as well, because Columbus and Williams worked together later on mm. on the Harry Potter series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's great. I think the score is you know it it hits all the right emotional buttons it's, for a Christmas film. It does, and also it encapsulates Christmas. So if mm. I was to, you know, have people walking around my garden or something, there's a load of Christmas trees, and it's it make if I wanted to make the film magical, that would be the first yeah. track I'd put on. Yeah. You know, yeah, is if someone walks into my front room with the Christmas trees, I want to hear that want them to hear. <laughs> do, 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 do. But you know, he, he's it's not just that. I'm singing it. Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's the other stuff as well. You know, it, it, as I say, it hits all the right emotional uh, Christmassy bits. It, it, it is very Christmassy. It's a little bit sentimental, but not too sentimental. But I like the way he takes stuff mm. uh, like you know, the end of Carol of the Bells and then put it into his own thing. Yes, Kevin's running home. Yeah, but he also, I mean, how he got away with it. I mean, I know it's a variation as such. But the 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 Nutcracker Suite. This brilliant. That's the flight through the the airport. The whole score is lovely and playful. It's it's really childlike in places. Have you got it on record? Of course I have. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, I've got a I got the first edition that came out a few years ago on Snow White vinyl, and it has an advent calendar in there. What does Prince Charming say about that? <laughs> but yeah, I love this score. Obviously, it's John Williams, so of course I'm going to fucking love it. Yeah, there we go. All right then. So that is our deeper look into mm. Home Alone. We're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to get quizzical with a twist. Mm. And we're back. Part three of Darren and Matt's Aces Adventure, where we have been looking at Home Alone. Yeah, we are. And uh, yeah. Well, before we get into the quiz as well, so I was talking to a long-term listener of the show this week, in fact. All right. And I was talking about nuts. Okay. 
And um, so it is with that in mind, near Christmas. So nuts little, in mind, yeah. Yeah. That I brought nuts in for you to try. So, oh. I, would, so <laughs> oh. I tried these. I was like, Darren would like these. Are and these hideous bastard nuts? So, no. And uh, so Katie Betch, yeah. who is a longtime supporter of the show, said, oh, well, maybe Darren should try them uh, while we're doing the podcast. So, yeah, give it a go. So there we go. Some Christmas nuts for you. What do you think? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Quite nice, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you think? Um, they started off nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, welcomed me up a bit. Fuck yeah, hell. yeah, they're quite spicy, aren't they? Well, they just, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing: I expected you to take one. You took a handful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What the hell are they? They're just. KP nuts, uh, mm-hmm. I think the KP, or spicy chili anyway. What do you think? Come. <laughs> there we go, Katie. So um, I made Darren try them. Fucking <sighs> hell. Mm. Oh, Macaulay Culkin hell. <laughs> Your face is a bit like Macaulay Culkin <laughs> when, when he slaps Ooh. the after. You're actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. You are. Shut up. <laughs> when he slaps Ooh. the aftershave on. you <laughs> Fucking wowzers. Hell's bellers. Oh, that's going to be twice as hot on the way out tomorrow morning. Wow. There we go. Merry Christmas, buddy. Thanks for that. God, your bog is going to take a pounding in the morning. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm just eating them. Anyway, hey, can we get on with this fucking podcast? All right, all right. Jesus. I can hear Santa on his way. Yes, anyway. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, long-term listeners will know. Oh, my mouth is on fire. Uh, anyway, my mouth is on fire. Uh, but I'm going to do the quiz anyway, uh, as I say. See, this is probably more of a visual thing than a podcast yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure it works very, very well orally. Wow. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, anyway, yes. We're going to have a quiz, so it's time for the quiz. Eyes down for a full house. Now, we've been asking for people to set the questions for... Do you, do you want a nut? <sighs> the thing is, you know I'm going to. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh he's taking a handful <laughs> of nuts. He's taking a handful oh, of nuts. It's like chilly challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got someone else to set the questions for us this week. Um, I'm going to hide the envelopes as such, so we don't know which is which. Shuffle them up. Okay. Says has set the questions for us this week, and she's labelled them set one and set two. Can, so, no, can you read out the full label as well? Uh, yep. Yeah, okay. Well, then I know which is... Okay. It says, um, questions for the 10 star film, and 10 stars underlined yep, so, three times on both envelopes. So there is no, no, no doubt about how your wife feels about this yeah. film. Okay. So, I, I mean, I don't know which is which. The envelopes are labelled envelope one and envelope two. I've mixed them up, given them a little bit of a shuffle. Choose uh, an envelope. So is this where you've written them and pretended your wife has? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so I've got a question set number two. I've got set number one. Being an odd-numbered episode, you get to ask the first question. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous about this, not having done them myself. 
Yeah, well, so we were talking about this before we started recording. So when we quiz each other mm. every week, you're looking out for stuff in the film that, oh, yeah, Darren would ask that or Matt would ask that because we, we've done nearly 100 episodes and we know exactly what we're going to ask. Yeah. As All it right. stands, um, we're on episode 95, so we've had four quizzes so far. It's 3-1 to Matt. So uh, Matt gets to ask the first question this week. We've got three questions. And three ties. So if it's a tie at the end of six questions each, that's it. We, we both get a point. But um, there we go. Mm. I, I mean, I know one of the questions is wrong, unfortunately. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I will, I will, I don't know. I will take it from the, okay. the quiz master, I guess. Uh, so question number one for you. How many times does the statue at the front of the McAllisters get knocked over? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Pizza, Marbelle. I'll say four. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, well, no. The answer. The answer that says given is is three, which is twice by the delivery driver and once by the airport transfer. Right. However, I suppose we don't see it being knocked over, but when the policeman's knocking on the door, he clearly has done that as well. Right. So I don't know where to go here because the okay. actual answer on the quiz sheet is three, but he does do it for. I did notice that it was knocked over. I mean, it's over when the cop is there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's that's. Uh, it's got to be your decision, pal. It's, it's technically your question. Three or four? Yeah, I know, but, I've, but it, the answer written down is three, and if I go against your wife, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you um, this one, no, uh, look, I, 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 I get. Mm, I suppose we don't see it being knocked over, so that okay, is, we'll that go is with the three, point. Then. We'll go with three, but I'm I would say four. But so, what are you going to say? I don't know. What what, what, <laughs> what would you do? Uh, well, I think it's four, so I would go with four. I'm going to have to get. I think I'm going to have to give you that and face the wrath of your wife because actually, okay. it is. She is right. It is twice by the pizza delivery, once by the airport transfer, but you. It is knocked over by the policeman as well. So I, I can't in all good conscience say that you're wrong on that. So Okay. So we're saying one point to me? Yep. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, first question for you. What does Marv have a collection of on the dashboard of their van? Um, bobbleheads. Is that your final answer? Yeah. No. Snow globes. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I, on the last question, I meant it was three. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to take your first answer? All right, okay. <laughs> right, question mm -hmm. for number two for you. Yep. What is the name, cop, uh, the name of the cop uh, Harry is impersonating at the start of the film? Oh, uh, is that... Is it the same cop that we see in the, in the police station? Uh, is it Larry? No. Officer... <sighs> Officer Smith, don't know. Uh, Bernias? Two? B -b -b Bernias? Okay. Okay, well, mm. that's uh, one to you then. Uh, question number two for you. What are the names of Kevin's... <laughs> Kevin? Kevin's siblings? Um, Buzz. Mm-hmm. I remember one because she, she did a judo thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Reading through the facts, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, it was Megan, yeah, um, Buzz, Megan, Jeff, yeah, is, is it Jeff? I don't know. You tell me, Buzz. But so because I, I remember thinking about this, I was like, 
They're going to ask. They're going to ask about Buzz, Megan, Jeff and Linny. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Buzz, Megan, Jeff, and Linny. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. oh, my God. Okay, so after two questions each, it's two points each. Jane, my heart is doing this. <laughs> it's, it's really... Okay. Mm-hmm. In a similar vein, how many children do Frank and Leslie have? Ooh, fuck. Uh... I'm trying to think about how many other kids are in there. Uh... <laughs> uh, uh, uh... Uh, I actually don't know. I've had three. Fine answer. Yeah. Four. Oh, God damn it. I was going to go for four as well. Fuck you, I was going to go for okay. four. Okay. <laughs> if you get this one, fucking hell, you've taken it, this, this run as well. Anyway, question three for you. What is Old Man Marley's infamous nickname? Oh, fuck. It is. I don't know. I th- it's just something killer, isn't it? I think. I mean, and I'm going to go for, it's not, but the snow killer. Is that your final answer? Yeah. The South Bend Shovel Slayer. Okay. Okay, so after three questions each, it's three points each, which means it's a tie, which means... That that means I should have used Sarah's (laughs) answer, (laughs) which means... It's a tie. (laughs) Sudden death. All right, then. Mm. On the side of Harry and Mars van, what does it state is the speciality of OK Plumbing? Ooh, I don't know that one. Good. <laughs> uh, Thank you, says. <laughs> um, uh, uh, domestic bathrooms. No idea. Residential. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question four for you, and I think you're going to get this one. I think you're going to run away with this this week. What is the name of the polka band that Gus Polanski performs with? Ooh. I, I think I've got it, but I, I it could be completely wrong. I just is it? I'm just going to go with my gut. Is it the Polka Kings? Is that your final answer? Yes, the Kenosha Kickers. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to get that one. No. Okay, so it's, 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 we're still it, in my head. It was Polka Kings or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay, it was four each, and here we go. Keep going. In Kevin's party scene, mm-hmm. who is the Chicago Bulls player cutouts? Going around on the train. I have absolutely no idea. Um, Michael Jordan. Don't know. Final answer. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That, I thought he's going to get That's the most famous. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty much the only one I know, I think. Uh, okay. So question five for you. How many copies did the Kenosha Kickers oh. sell of the hit record in Sheboygan? I know it's 600 and something. Mm, 627. Is that your final answer? Yeah. 623. No! <laughs> You're joking me! You are so close! Oh, my word! Uh, a bit like you were with uh, 3 and 4, but yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, you're not gonna let that drop are you fucking hell right anyway okay after uh 10 questions i fucking finally won another quiz it's six four which means uh in this block of questions it's three two 
Wow. To you. Okay, great. Yeah, that's all right. That's good. So uh, and we've got one question each left uh, as spares. Mm. Yeah, so when Kevin wakes up on the first morning, what has been, uh, what is on the TV he puts on the kitchen? Oh, oh, oh no, that's no, not nice when he's in bed. Um, weather report? Fucking should have asked that. Is it? Is it not? No. Oh. It's Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and your final tiebreak question. Uh, what rumour did a friend of Kevin's get nailed for? Uh, dinosaur pyjamas. Dinosaur pyjamas. There we go. So that's the quiz this week. Oh, nice. Oh, so close, Thank so you close. so much, Sarah, for doing the yeah, questions. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Uh, and if you fancy setting the questions for us, uh, give us a shout. We're However, like, yeah. if I get hauled across the coals of giving you that first one, mm. it, it's not my fault. <laughs> Well, whatever. Uh, but yeah, if you fancy doing it, get in touch with us. We'll let you know what film we'd uh, like you to set the questions for. And then, basically, you're running the quiz that week. You are running the quiz. And you can see how that unsettles us. That mm. really unsettles us, because we've got no power over it. No power. And also, the thing is, we we know so much about some of the really difficult questions, because mm. we're about to set them for the other person. So, there is that, indeed. Yes. But anyway, that's uh, Last Orders at the Bar. Last orders at the bar, please. Last orders at the bar. Well, there we go. That was our look at Home Alone. Um, another little decade breach, if you like, but it did start production in the 80s, so that's fine. Yeah, uh, we're going to sum up now and uh, give the film a score. I mean, we know what says wants us to give it, but whether we do or not is a different matter. Being an odd-numbered episode, you get to go first. Um, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to cock on, to be honest. I, I just, right. I, it's it's a fantastic film. It's beautifully made. Uh, it's aged brilliantly. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. I mean, to the point where um, I said I'm not going to cock on, but I start cocking on. <laughs> um, was it somewhere? In, was it Poland? Uh, oh, it's shown every year. Shown every yes, year, and the yeah. one year it wasn't going to be shown, they were kicked off. <laughs> Quite and right, so too. I want to watch this. So it's just, it's just brilliant. Young Macaulay Culkin is brilliant. The entire mm-hmm. cast works so well together. Uh, the score, it's just, it is Chris, Christmas wrapped up in a nice mm-hmm. little boat. I, I can't give it anything other than a 10. It's, it's, it's impossible to. Because if, if I was to give it a 9, not a chance. No. Yeah. No, that, that, that really is it. I love it. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you, actually. I mean, there are a few things that would sort of pull me out of it, if you like. <laughs> I had to to, to to now state that that fucking when he rides the sled down the stairs, mm-hmm. his trajectory would not work. He would go straight to the fucking wall next to the well, door. Let's try that in a minute. I've got a sled right here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's let's I'll go down film my stairs. You trying <laughs> <out> the sled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, you wouldn't get away with the, the whole thing about Buzz's girlfriend. The picture, <laughs> woof. And all that, which was a, which was a, 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 a young, was, I think it was the art director's son, son wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dressed up, uh, and I, I have to say, the, the police in the, uh, I don't know if the, the bit with the donut dropping onto the telephone receiver, that's got to have been a happy accident. Yeah, hopefully. Because, yeah. And he just went, it just goes with it. It's fantastic because there's no, I'm, to to try and choreograph that to happen like that is near impossible. Uh, and the fact it's called Ballsack as well is fucking brilliant. Uh, but yes, uh, anyway, that, that's just going here. I love this film. I've always loved this. The first time I saw it, I fell in love with it. Uh, and it's our 
uh, me and Sarah's first Christmas film that we watch every year. So the point of when we were doing Ernest Saves Christmas, mm. was, which is our first Christmas film of the year, yeah, you had watched Home Alone first yeah. because you couldn't have Ernest Saves Christmas be your first <laughs> exactly. Christmas film of the year, yeah, you stubborn true. bastard. Some, not just me, you got to blame Sarah's for that as well. Uh, but you know, that, this is the film that we watch first every Christmas, and I love it. It's brilliant. It's it's sentimental-ish. It's a little bit over the top. It's a little bit soppy. But it's so Christmassy, it hurts. Yeah, it's ridiculously unbelievable, but I love it. It's OTT and all that, but I fucking love this film. And I love Home Alone 2 as well. Uh, I think that's yeah. very, very good. But this, uh, yeah, I'm not going to argue with what it says. It's a fucking 10 out of 10 from me as well. There we go. So we have 30 out of 20. So Sarah's getting a vote this we've week as well. We've had a decade breach and we've also <laughs> fucked everything up as well with the score. But yeah, no, you're right. 30 out of 20. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fucking drink to that, I'll my friend. I'll drink to that too. Merry bastard Christmas. Hey. Yep. There we go, folks. Do you agree with us, uh, Darren, Matt, and Sayers? Do you agree with <laughs> yeah. all of us? It, is it a Christmas uh, classic? Of course it is. Of course Don't it be is. an idiot. Um, so, <laughs> but that is that is it from us, really, for the rest of this year. For this year, yes, we have to, to well, take a break the, now because of work the, and, and stuff, and, and you know, the fact that uh, the festive period sort of falls on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not able to record for a little while. So we're not releasing New Year's Eve, but we'll be releasing... Sometime either late January or early February, yeah. but keep uh, keep an eye on our anti-social media to um, <laughs> you know see if you you know, see when we're back and what we're doing, and yeah. we do have plenty of changes coming next year. Uh huh. Get in touch. Always nice to hear from you. Just What's keep the email address? Keep, yeah. mm? What's the email address? Uh, podcast at eightiesadventure.com. Well done, Yay. you. <laughs> hey, all and in one, January, thank you for all the support that yeah. you guys have given us. Um, We're charting all around the world now. It's fucking great. I'm loving it. Um, and obviously, we have to say, have a great Christmas. Have a, a great New Year. A brilliant Christmas. We'll be back in early 2024, which is our fourth year of doing the podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, episode 100 is going to be very, 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 very drunk, very drunk, very drunk, (laughs) (laughs) very messy. Have a very messy Christmas. Okay, so uh, Daz, anything else? Go fuck yourself, you filthy animal. (laughs) We didn't even mention fucking angels with filthy souls, whatever it's called. Filthy assholes. That's the one. Filthy assholes. Filthy assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time then, I've been Matt. And I am Darren. Cheersy! Ho, ho, ho! How is your mum?